Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into the Fortune Comics Punch. That's my name. I'm Mary. I'm Aaron. I'm Kat. Two hundred something fucking episodes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've never done that. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. Okay, this what? is Creator Focused episode. It's a show we do where we pull a random comic creator's name out of a bucket. We talk about their career and books they've worked on. The end of this episode, we'll pull uh, the next creator's name for next Creator Focused episode. Uh, Mary, if we have another one. This is the one. <laughs> what? This is the one I've been waiting for. <gasps> who, are we, who are we talking about? Frank Miller. Miller. That's not true. That was the last, that was the last <laughs> one we did. Uh, it is. It's Charlie. Uh, Jim Morrison. Uh, Jeff Loeb. That's not true also. <laughs> uh, did we do... We ain't done Jeff Loeb, have we? I think did we, we do did. one on him? I don't think I don't so. Know. I don't think so. I thought that was a made-up name. Jeff Loeb? <laughs> his son Earlobe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. Um, uh, no, what's the guy that wrote it, Watchmen? But give it a second Alan one. Moore? Alan Moore. I don't think we've done him either. Wow. <laughs> See, we should keep going. That's it, right? Graham the Morrison. We should do nothing but creator focuses from here on out. Oh my gosh, we could. Until we finish the bucket. We could. Um... Yeah, see, it's the second taste. Anyways, we're talking about Grant Morrison Grant. this week. Woo! Grant um, Morrison! My personal favorite he's comic book writer of all time. He's not the wizard. No, he no, is not. No, it's Alan Moore. Alan Moore he's is a the wizard. wizard in his own way. That's true. Does but he's Grant, not the one that claims to be he, a wizard. He's he a 50-50. Do drugs? Yeah. Yeah, okay. but he does, but it's a 50-50 hit for him. Sometimes it's a oh, good wizard. Sometimes it's not a good wizard. Grant Morrison, for me... Do not condone the use of drugs. Is <laughs> yeah, we do not can do unless it makes you write comic books like Grant Morrison. Then no, no, take no, no, them no. all. I swear, no, no, sometimes no, no, no. that man. Legally, we are not saying that. What? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I was all like, "Can you be whatever it takes to get there, man?" That's all. That's all I got to say. That's what he does. All right, what's next? Wait. Um, Grant Morrison's had an incredible career. Yeah, yeah. How old is he? What's his 63 name? Sixty-three years old. Grant Morrison is sixty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> he's 63 good on yeah. him man a lot of um, drugs he's still doing in there. The writer yeah. producer you know it's led him born? into a lot of TV stuff Glasgow Scotland he asked uh, when ooh. was he born what's his birthday he hasn't even wait 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 24. don't oh yeah I mean, is he a Sagittarius you so, are so good. He hasn't picked up his phone this whole time. So, he was we'll start with the history 101, then we'll talk about some books. So I Grant would like Morrison, to know when he's born. I, oh. I'm trying to get oh, yeah. okay. Don't push him. <laughs> Good God. I'm so sorry. It's Kylie and me that are at each other's throats. Keep it that way. Come so, on, woman. Grant Morrison was born on January 31st. It's almost his birthday. January? 1960. Uh, so he's an Jan- Aquarius. Is he? I, mean, I think so, uh, yeah. He's a Scottish comic book writer, screenwriter, producer. Um, He's loud. So, I'm gonna try my best to to do again. I, I I'm not I'm not gonna string the you know the world's smallest violin for um, you know poor straight white guy here. The, oh. the, the, the 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 pronouns are hard sometimes because oh. Grant Morrison is a non-binary person who identifies as they. I will. Try oh, my really? absolute best to that. use I didn't know the right that. pronouns. I cannot promise that. <laughs> I think 
Sometimes they, them is a little hard as far as like it grammar is. wise. Oh, no, it is. Try right. We're not opening rant. that conversation. I'm, no, I'm just, just saying. I, no, I'm it's just not saying that. I will it's try my best. Gram- I'm just saying personally, they, them is also hard for me because gram- grammar wise, it just, mm. I was going to say grammarly. Yeah. Try it just wi- doesn't yeah. really like roll that well. But yeah. They, them. Yep. They, them. Um, their work is known for its well nonlinear done. narratives, humanist philosophy, and countercultural leanings. It's true. Uh, Morrison's written extensively for the American comic book publisher DC Comics, penning lengthy runs on Animal Man, Doom Patrol, JLA, Action Comics, Green Lantern, as well as graphic novels Arkham Asylum, JLA, Earth 2, and Wonder Woman, Earth 1, the meta series Seven Soldiers, and the Multiversity series as well. DC 1 Million, Final Crisis, the list I goes on. I forgot about Arkham Asylum. Um, oh, oh, no, I meant like I didn't. Um, I didn't forget it. I forgot. Maxi series All Star Superman. Morrison's best known DC work is the seven year Batman storyline, which started in the uh, Batman <laughs> ongoing series, continued through Final Crisis, Batman and Robin, uh, Batman: The Return of Bruce Wayne, two volumes of Batman Incorporated. They also co created the DC character Damian Wayne. Sometimes remember Batman R.I.P. I again I sometimes. <laughs> I also love Batman Incorporated too. I'm not gonna lie, that Batman run was pretty painful. I believe you someone. Read it. Oh. I, well, no, I'm not saying I, I read it, it. I'm not, but I do remember Wes. He's like, I want my money back. Can can he get? I mean, it was like it's true. He calculated the money he wanted back from Grant Morrison. He's like, can I make T-shirts of this? And I thought that is actually a really good idea in the sense of it was really bad. I've told you my Grant Morrison Batman story, haven't I? Mm-hmm. Have I told it on the? Uh, no, you probably, have not. Tell probably it. several so, times. Um, Don't be lying. I've, I've been collecting Batman Let since I was moment. since I was collecting comic books. Yep. And like all the titles and stuff, and then Grant Morrison comes on for like it was like two or three issues. And that was introducing Damien. And right. then they had someone come on and do some other issues. And then Grant Morrison was coming on like full time after yeah. that. And I read those issues and I dropped the title. It was Because so I knew he was going to be on that full yeah. time. And the owner of the comic shop, when next time I saw him, he was like, Hey, I noticed you dropped Batman. You know, you've been collecting it for years. Like, but, you know, Grant Morrison's coming back. I'm like, I know. He's the reason I've that's dropped, dropped it. it. Yeah. And I like. I mean, like, doing the due diligence, though, like, that's, you know, just try to at least clarify. That's probably what you should do in that situation. Like, hey, you know. No, I yeah. think he completely. Al knew, like, uh, everybody. Um, but th- there was a joke going around about Grant Morrison's Batman is, like, basically, he took a dart and he put all these pieces of paper up randomly. And I believe. Just to figure out the plot line, he just threw a dart randomly at a board of figuring out what happened with the storyline because it didn't make any linear sense. It was I will never I will never so... invalidate anyone's opinions, but every time we have this every time Grant Morrison's <laughs> Batman comes up. He's like, I, I, I love I, it. I no, I you guys are all, everyone's always obviously allowed to feel however they feel. I do want to clarify that Kylie and Aaron are very much in the minority. We are. Oh, really? No, and I, and I, I totally. The, the, I know. Oh. Grant Morrison's Batman is considered a seminal run yeah. on really? the character. Yeah, yes. Oh, shit. It's, it's, 
considered by many one of the better runs. I, I, there there, on are, the there are certain books that oh, I know. Oh man, like, I am like so Hush sorry. Hush is one that I like. I'm not a fan I mean, of. Not every book for minority, everybody, right? Yeah. But are we seriously? Because that Hush is written by Grant Morrison. No, it's Jeff Loeb. Oh no, I meant. Yeah. Oh hey, no, but, it, but it's one of those books that like everybody loves, and I'm like, I don't get it. But it's is that weird that yeah. like in a comic thing we were in the no, store weird, with Wes and everybody? Yeah. It was like your but feelings. No, I didn't. Your feelings are valid. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Thank now you. Let's move on. With I know. Show. I was about to say that. I just always want to clarify because I don't want to become like, like oh yeah, it was so terrible. It's like no, a lot of people really like this book, including myself. Yeah, and I know that, and it was one of those things. I bought all three of the omnibuses. I love them. There someone that came in and bought like a batman and robin off the shelf and i and i can't remember who was it was someone was there where i was like oh but it was a customer i knew Mm -hmm. it was a weekly customer and i'm like do you want to get something good (laughs) one of the owners of the store is like what the fuck are you doing i'm like dude no they get it it's they know it's they know what i feel i always thought everybody you live in a world with comic book people strong enough that's kind of your well, and some of those conversations are fun to get into. Oh, sure. People, so. um, Notable works, Zenith, Animal Man, Doom Patrol, Arkham Asylum, Invisible is yeah. Flex Mentalo, JLA, New X-Men, Man, uh, when Phil, he did a Flex Guy, We Three, Seven Soldiers, oh. All-Star Superman, 52, Batman R.I.P., Final Crisis, Batman and Robin, Batman Incorporated, <laughs> Action Comics, and Multiversity, along with a when shit ton of other it, things. When he hits it, he hits it out of the Final Crisis, park. baby. Oh, I meant like... I love Final Crisis. Did you really? I do, yeah. Um, Maybe I'm in the minority there. Again, it's like... Again, when he hits it out of the park, we three for me is that shit. I think he is I think when he's doing his own stuff, like he... It's the shit. But when he's trying to pigeonhole... He's kind of a... The thing I love about Grant Morrison is he's he's a a very swing-for-the-fences kind of... I, like the, he goes the, all in. The, the, the comparison I think of is, is probably not a very good one, but it's kind of like M. Night Shyamalan where a sense of like, I, I'm always going to go see an M. Night Shyamalan movie when it comes out because I know regardless of what happens, it's I'm going to have something to talk about and mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting. It doesn't always work, <laughs> but I love that he goes for it all the time. And Grant Morrison's similar in that way where it's I like, see that. like it, sometimes it's awesome. Sometimes it's, there's, it's parts so of it doesn't work but like even the bad stuff it's like there's conversation there's yes. yeah, 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 yeah. It, there's always something that's gonna stick with you like we're like oh I wonder why so and, let's put it this way when you see Grant Morrison on the title you're gonna buy number one whether or not yeah. you keep oh, yeah. going he, he is that's one of those the, guys yeah. that's oh, yeah. the trick is he's one of the guys where you're gonna go in and whether yeah. or not you go to number two you got a 50-50 chance. But I'll that's tell you very right off the bat, rare. If it's an indie, like, creator-owned Grant Morrison story, that's like, the story. I'm, I'm in 100% All into it. That's um, the fun part about this guy. Yeah. Morrison's creator-owned work, the bulk of which was published through DC Comics. Vertigo yep. Imprint includes Flex Mentallo and We Three with Scottish artist Frank Quietly. Oh, my God. Uh, it's so beautiful. With artist Cameron Stewart, The Filth with Chris Weston, and the three-volume oh, series The, the Invisible. Um, at Marvel, Morrison wrote a three-year run on New X-Men and created Marvel Boy for the publisher's Marvel Knights imprint. Uh, between 2016 and 18, Morrison served as the editor-in-chief of the Heavy Metal magazine. Good on him. Which is kind oh, of yeah. like a... That's a cool little kind of... Eastman a, oh, Heavy Metal's been around for yeah. quite some Morrison's time. Morrison's work has drawn critical acclaim. They have won numerous awards, including Eisner, Harvey, and Inkpot Awards. In 2012, Morrison was appointed member of the Order of the British Empire <laughs> for services to film and literature. Who uh, who published Happy? Was that That's Image? That's Image. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That was um, that was good. Grant Morrison was born in Glasgow, Scotland, in 1960. They were educated at Allen Glen School, where their first portfolio of art was rejected by their careers guidance teacher, who encouraged them to work in a bank. The first published. <laughs> How bad do you have to be? Where like, dude, not only should you not be artistically, I feel like you should just work at a bank. Like, their just first do published accounting. works were uh, Gideon Stargave strips for Near Myths, 1978, when they were about 17. One of the first British alternative comics, their works appeared in four of the five issues of Near Miss, and they were suitably encouraged to find more comic work. This included a weekly comic strip, Captain Clyde, an unemployed superhero based in Glasgow for the Govan Press, a local newspaper, plus various issues of DC Thompson's Star Blazer, the science fiction counterpart to the company's commando title. And, work uh, for a bank, bud. He, he eventually... Uh, let's see, there we go. They eventually... Uh, did end up doing stuff like 2080 like all those European guys this was yeah this was that age where like comics was really kind of having sort of the you almost want to say British invasion but it's like a European invasion where Alan Moore and Grant Morrison and a lot of these guys Neil Gaiman and stuff too right were starting to really kind of take over Mark Miller yeah well that's a kind of that's a kind of cool thing about and they all started with 2080 yeah that was the gateway and I think that's the cool thing about the US is when you had that um, underground I guess with the comic books there was only so many people could get those and then it was all word of mouth and it's the same thing now you have internet everything's kind of like fast yeah. Uh, when you were in the comic book industry, it's kind of like I remember it was so hard to get Blade and Immortal because mm. it's such a oddity, a niche. Well, yeah. I mean, you'd have to. I mean, in that one was Dark Horse. You have to find someone who's selling Dark Horse in the comic book industry, right? Like at that point. Yeah. And so you think about 2000 AD. Only a select few comic book stores are going to have it. Mm-hmm. That means you have to have a select few of individuals who are willing to read it. And then when you find them, it's kind of like so cool. I, I just think Back that's... in those days, though, did it make it a little more rewarding, though, when you did find it because it was more of a treasure hunt? But I think was it there was... Like more, oh, yeah. no, was I, there yeah. like more of a satisfaction well, think, when you came across something It's like that, that weird thing about not knowing it's a hit versus just wanting to find a book, right? So Blade of the Immortal or... Any of the books that you read at the time, mm. it wasn't that big of a hit in the sense of, well, you had it at the moment, right? And like reading that, I'm spoilers. I read, we read Doom Patrol for mm. our book, but like reading this, because it's the first time I've read it, it just took me back to those days yeah, as a I, kid where I'm like, yeah. you found that off thing that wasn't like the regular superheroes and you felt like, cool oh my yeah well it's just so different <laughs> and yeah so fresh and new that's also just like pre-drug so grant morrison too like grant morrison really is didn't. it really because yeah. this felt pretty drug-y. oh it felt drugged. <laughs> that's the it thing felt- is like i feel like a lot of people bring up the drug stuff with him i think he's just his style is already odd in it because Read the film um, have you read the filth no the filth is but drug he, he didn't start really doing that because, I mean, he's very open. They yeah. are very open in interviews, you know, about their drug usage mm. and stuff, whatever. So I, I'm going to take them at face value. It's like it was really kind of late 90s, early 2000s when they really kind of st- – so like you know, Arkham Asylum in seven, seven, late 80s, early 90s, that was pre um, – Grant Morrison was actually kind of like Normal. very anti-drug prior to that, you know. 
Well, and it's interesting. It's they wrote Klaus, right? Yes. Okay. Well, it's I like Klaus. It's a difference between like the opening of the mind versus like I find that the drug addled thing is kind of interesting because if they're really drug addled, they're not fucking writing a book, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the ideas that bring it, and I think yeah, some of this stuff like this one was really borderline like there's some things even i had uh you know like what right if he's really off the clock right on this i don't even think he wrote it any of that kind of shit so it must mm -hmm. have been like continuing on and you have to kind of go with the bride that's true okay what else um, so no nothing morrison spent much of the early 80s touring and recording with their band the mixers oh, um good on Greg morrison's like a big like punk Fan that really was part of that, Steve that Ooh, scene. Fun. Yeah. Um, occasionally writing Star Blazer for DC, Thompson and contributing to oh, various shit. UK indie titles. In '82, Morrison submitted a proposal involving the Justice League of America and Jack Kirby's New Gods, entitled Second Coming, but it was not commissioned. Um, after writing The Liberators for Deskin's Warrior in 1985, Morrison worked for Marvel UK the following year. <laughs> uh, they then wrote comic strips for Doctor Who magazine. Yeah. The final one, a collaboration with then-teenage Brian Hitch, as well as a run on the Zoids strip in Spider-Man and the Zoids. Zoids. <laughs> 1986. That takes me back. Uh, also saw publication of Morrison's first of several two or three page future shocks for 2080. Okay. Morrison's first uh, continuing serial began 2080 and 87 and they and Steve Ewell uh, created Zenith. Zenith. Uh, Morrison's work on Zenith brought them to the attention of DC who asked Morrison to work for them. Accepted Morrison's proposals for Animal Man, a little-known character from DC's past, who was most notable recent appearance was a cameo in Crisis on Infinite Earths, and for a 48-page Batman one-shot that would eventually become Arkham Asylum, a serious house on serious Earth. Uh, Animal Man put Morrison in line with the British invasion of American comics, along with such writers as Neil Gaiman, Peter Milligan, James Delano, Alan Moore, launched the invasion of his work with Swamp Thing. Mm -hmm. um, Animal Man's a crazy thing, because, like, that book is so crazy, dude. And like, <laughs> um, I, I, I've always just kind of been a fan of like writing in the meta or the sort meta, of, or, or yeah. very meta storytelling, very self-aware storytelling. Yeah. I like and that. Yeah. Animal Man kind of took that to uh, like a new level. Like, if you haven't read Grant Morrison's Animal Man, you really should. But I'm gonna spoil the ending for it because it's like this guy Animal Man goes through hell and back like you know like w w the things that writers put fictional characters to for, for yeah for for the sake of storytelling like you know trying to like capture it's like let's just put this guy through the ringer it's like we talk about Daredevil sometimes right where it's like oh, yeah. writers right. just put this guy through hell um, and to the point where like at the end Animal Man knows that he's a fictional character and goes and has a conversation with Grant Morrison in the comic book and it's like why why do what did I do to deserve all this shit <laughs> And he's like, you know, I'm trying to sell books and stuff, whatever. <laughs> and, it's, and it's like, it's a fictional character having a conversation with a writer. And, and it's like, it, it, it sets up so many things for like, when you see um, Big Mouth, right? Where they do the where they do the big thing where it's like, they kind of come face to face with Nick Kroll, right? At the end of the one season. And it's like, that was very Animal Man to me where it's like, this isn't fair. You know, it's like, it's a show, man. You know, it's, a, it's entertainment and it's all these things. And like, that's been parodied so many other times since Animal Man and I don't even know if like Big Mouth's aware of Animal Man but like I, I always feel like that should be given credit because that was really kind of one of the first big times that had really been done where it's I'd like, say a lot of people involved with Big Mouth are comic book guys yeah so and maybe. they, they yeah. may be they may be but yeah. 
but, but it's, I think, it's a really um, cool idea to kind of have the characters come out of the thing and talk to the people making it happen. So not that I have had a few drinks, but it's interesting to see that as even for as we do. Yeah, as we do. But it's interesting to see that that concept in a comic, I'm assuming, was done prior to him, which was done prior like these concepts that's mm-hmm. what i like about um these conversations with, god damn it it's always Keep pushing going. the envelope right no it's i'm always- just saying it's history i'm assuming okay. someone else has done something than grand morrison about that anyways go ahead let's see um after Thank impressing you. with animal man morrison was asked to take over doom patrol starting their surreal take on the superhero genre with issue number 19 and 89 uh, Morrison's Doom Patrol introduced concepts such as uh, dadaism in the writings of uh, Jorge Lewis in the first several issues. DC published Arkham Asylum, a serious house on serious earth in 1989 as a 128-page graphic novel painted by Dave McKean. That book is as gorgeous as Beautiful. now as it has ever been. Like uh, Comic historian Les Daniels observed in 1995 that Arkham Asylum was an unprecedented success selling 182,000 copies in hardcover and another 85,000 in paperback. It was pretty. Uh, while working for DC in America, Morrison kept contributing to British indie titles writing St. Swith's Day for Trident Comics, St. Or St. Swithin's Day? That's it, okay. Uh, Anti-Margaret Thatcher themes proved controversial, provoking a small tabloid press reaction and a complaint from the conservative members of parliament. (laughs) The controversy (laughs) continued with the publication of The New Adventures of Hitler in Scottish Music and Lifestyle (laughs) magazine in 1989. (laughs) (laughs) Due to its use of Adolf Hitler as its lead character. Shocker. Uh, the strip, unfinished when cut, folded, was reprinted and completed in Fleetway's 2080 spin-off title, Crisis. Uh, two plays staged by Oxygen House at the Edinburgh Fringe was scripted by Morrison, Red King Rising, concerned an imagined relationship between Lewis Carroll and Alice Liddell. The other, Depravity, uh, concerned the British occultist Elisar Crowley. The plays won... Between then, a Fringe Award, the Independent Theater Award for 1989, and the Evening Standard Award for New Drama. It was Aleister Crowley and Lewis Carroll? Yeah. That sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of interested about the Hitler thing, too. Yeah. <laughs> Grant Morrison wrote writing a book called The New Adventures of Hitler. <laughs> or a strip, I guess. you'd of, like to think it's just like... I'm sure, just I'm sure it's just up. taking the piss out of yeah, him. Oh, I yeah. Imagine, yeah, so, I would yeah. hope so. <laughs> um... I'm going to quote a lot of, if anyone hasn't, I'm pretty sure these are all behind a paywall now, but back in the day when Kevin Smith had the Fat Man on Batman podcast, when it was still about Batman, he he has like a three-hour conversation with Grant Morrison, and this interview is incredible. If you can find it, if it's on YouTube, if it's somewhere, if you can find it, it's so worth listening to because he talks a lot, they talk a lot about their upbringing and the way they grew up and stuff, and... His parents were, their parents were both um, hardcore like pacifists and stuff after World War II. And Grant Morrison talks about like, that's why like Superman was such an intriguing idea to to them, even as a kid, because it was like, they, they lived in fear of the bomb all the time mm-hmm. in yeah. Scotland. It was like, it, everyone was in this fear of like, one day the bomb's going to come and everything's going to be destroyed and gone, whatever. And it's like, you know, when you're reading comic books and stuff, it's like, here's this guy that can survive the bomb, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like, like, just captured my mind 
my imagination so much as a child. That's like, this is the guy that could defeat the bomb, can can save us, right? And they're all kind of living in this paranoia post-World War II. Um, that, yeah, that interview is insane. He talks a lot about Arkham Asylum. They talk a lot about Arkham Asylum, and, the, and they talk a lot about their drug use and growing up and the different inspirations behind different works. If you can find that anywhere, it's very It's worth it. Um, 1990s Morrison returned to Batman with a gothic story arc in issues 6 through 10 of Batman title Legends of the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Classic. Uh, the early 1990s saw Morrison revamping Kid Eternity for DC with artist uh, Duncan Fergretto and Dan Dare with artist Ryan Hughes. Morrison co- uh, colored Dare's bright future with Thatcherism and Fleetway's Revolver. In 1999, 1991, Morrison wrote Bible, John, a forensic meditation for mm-hmm. Fleetway's crisis based on an analysis of possible motivations for the crimes of a serial killer, Bible, John, covering similar themes for Alan Moore and Eddie Campbell's From Hell. The work un, uh, utilized cut-up techniques from Ouija boards and collage rather than conventional panels to tell the story. In 93, Morrison fellow... Uh, Scottish comic writer Mark Millar and John Smith were asked to reinvigorate 2000 AD for an eight-week run called The Summer Offensive. Morrison wrote Judge Dredd and nice. Really and Truly and co-wrote the controversial Big Dave with Mark Millar. So, and Mark Millar was like a protege of Grant Morrison, right? Mm-hmm. I, if I remember right. Or like a stu- and all of those guys wrote Judge Dredd at one point. Yeah, <laughs> That's true. It's, it's epic. Uh, DC launched Vertigo in 93, publishing oh, yeah, several they did. of Morrison's yeah, and then they ruined it. Uh, creator home projects such as steampunk miniseries Wait. Sebastian O, graphic novel The Mystery Play, 95 saw the release of Kill Your Boyfriend with artist <laughs> Philip Bond, originally published as a Vertigo Voices one-shot in 96. Morrison wrote Flex Mentallo, a Doom Patrol spinoff with art by Frank Quietly. Returned wow. briefly to DC Universe Superheroics and the short-lived Aztec, co-written by Mark Millar. Um, in 96, Morrison was given the Justice League of America to revamp as JLA, uh, a comic book that gathered that. the big seven superheroes. Dude, that Morrison's run, it, uh, Howard Porter drew a, a, a ton of that book back then, like like Tower of Babel and stuff, or like Rock of Ages. Like the, Tower of Babel is fucking awesome. Yeah. There, there's there's so much. There's or Tower of Babel, I think, might have been Mark Wade by that point. They, I know they, they went back and forth. Oh, someone's checking um, the phone. I know for sure Morrison did Rock of Ages. I, I know that for sure. Rock of Ages is Rock fucking fantastic, Ages. dude. Tower of Babel might have been Mark Wade. It is. It is okay. Mark Wade. Yeah. I'll say, because they, they were... Um, so if I remember right, it's like Morrison was on JLA and Mark Wade was on The Flash in the late 90s. And at one point they switched because they it was okay. there was something about like they were talking about like, oh, I'd like to do this or like, whatever. And they... And they just for they fun, switch they switched. It. Yeah, um, ninety-six Morrison. Okay, was given JLA. Uh, got, gathered what's called the Big Seven superheroes of the DC universe into one team. This run was hugely popular. Returned to the title to best-selling status. Morrison wrote several issues of the Flash with Mark Millar as well. DC's crossover event of 1998, the four-issue miniseries DC One Million, in addition to plotting many of the multiple crossovers. DC One Million was like. I vaguely remember that. It was Co- uh, comic events were weren't what they are now. Then, but like DC One Million was cool. Like, yeah. dude, even like the Superman One Million thing, where it's like they had like the Superman Prime of uh, 
like he lives on the sun he's all golden and stuff like the, the, all that stuff came from there like there, there was some cool stuff in dc 1 million it's just this is in late 90s when like so many books were being published and some of them were swings and misses it's just i mean it, it happens today too but yeah. just the sheer volume of things that were coming out in at this the 90s? time holy yeah shit, so much um the only other thing i'll say about morrison's jla it's awesome but um you don't have the animated series that everyone loves without without that, that book yeah. like because justice league like justice league pre grant morrison was it was like in the early 90s justice league was like characters you wouldn't even like like superman batman one of those guys weren't on the justice yeah, they had been on the justice league there. since like the 60s right mm-hmm. the flat it's like justice league was like blue beetle and and Booster Gold and like a, you know, Fire and Ice and like these weird Hawk and Dove and stuff. It was like it was weird characters and it's like, okay, let's let's revamp the JLA and let's put the fucking big guns on it. It's like we'll call it the Big Seven. It's Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. It's Aquaman. It's the Flash, Martian Manhunter, right? Green it's, Lantern. Yeah, and and uh, uh, Kyle Rayner Green Lantern at, at that, which is awesome. He's, he's my Green Lantern. Fair. So, yeah, and. Um, you know, for a lot of us that grew up with the Bruce Tim animated stuff from Batman to Superman to Batman Beyond Justice League, whatever, like that Justice League show doesn't exist without this book. I don't think so. That's um, three volumes of the creator owned The Invisibles. Morrison started their yep. largest and possibly most important work. Uh, the Invisibles combined political pop and subcultural references, tapping into the pre millennial tension. The work was influenced by the writings of Robert Anton Wilster, Alistair Crowley, and William Burroughs, and Morrison's practice of chaos magic in the Three Temple of Psychic Youth. The Invisibles is one of those books I'd really like to visit. I'd like to revisit because I think, I think when I read it, I maybe just wasn't ready for it or wasn't in the headspace to appreciate it because there was a lot of it. I think just went over my head. That was me with uh, Dark Knight Returns because I was, I was a kid. So at young, that point. yeah. yeah. It was one of those things was like when I was really starting to get into Grant Morrison, so it was just like anything with his name on, I wanted to read it. And, but I think The Invisibles was just maybe a little bit above bit my much. pay grade. Like it, I just wasn't in the space to be able to appreciate that book. So that that that's what I'd like to I'd like to go back to. In '98, Morrison published the prose place "I'm a Policeman" in Sarah Champion's millennial short story collection "Disco 2000." Though no explicit connection to The Invisibles is made, there are strong thematic links between the two works. At, uh, oh God, Disinf- what the hell is that? Uh, Disinfococon in 1999, Morrison said that much of the content in The Invisibles was information given to them by aliens that abducted them <laughs> in Kathmandu, who told Kathmandu. them to, to spread the information to the world via comic book. Get on him. Okay. This is where we get into the drugs. Mushrooms. Um, they oh, later clarified that the experience that labeled as an alien abduction experience had nothing to do with aliens or abduction, but there was an experience that they had that uh, the Invisibles in the, is an attempt to explain. The title was not a huge commercial hit to start. Mm. Morrison actually asked their readers to participate in a uh, Wonkathon while while concentrating on a magical symbol or sigil in an effort to boost sales. When the title was relaunched with Volume Two, the characters relocated to America. Volume Three appeared with issue numbers counting down, signaling an intention to conclude the series with the turn of the new millennium in two thousand. If I can just say, no, <clears throat> I'm gonna. Um, oh, she's I doing was it. not expecting Grant Morrison to be 
a bald person. Really? Really? Have no, you never seen I thought, him before? I thought they he would was look more do like an Alan, Alan Moore, Moore type. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Look at her. She was like, or at least have like her hair. Huh? You'd never seen Grandma? No. 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 He's yeah. a, they He's are a bald person. Bald yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. how you're like, I thought he was going to have hair and like be I, a wizard. Some I of did. the interviews. I thought at the very least they would have long hair. I don't know. That's just, I hear a name and I see an image in my head. Yeah, what? Sure. I think when they were younger, they definitely did. probably. Yeah, I just think it's interesting how we define. I mean, Alan Moore is just quintessential. Sure. The hair, and so when the you, beard, yeah, I yeah. mean, so when the you, scowl. you, you, see, oh my <laughs> I mean, like god, to see him with the ball, and he's. I think sometimes you see him doing like this. Yeah. Like, so like, anytime you, Grant Morrison looks like the kind of person that would be on the back of yes. a book. He's like they're yeah. like they're in like a sweater. <laughs> The photos in black and white for no reason at all. (laughs) Maybe, uh, what is it, the sepia tones every once in a while? But I could see exactly what you're saying because sometimes I actually, it was, mind you, when I was younger in the 80s, you could actually. What was it? The 80s. Thank you. You could actually, Alan Moore and Grant Morrison, those were the ones where I get confused because they were both surreal kind of art, you know. Very philosophical in yeah, their own way. Yeah, so you're like, oh, yeah, the guy. Oh, or yeah. like I could see them looking like, um, um, what's their, what's his face from My Chemical Romance? Is that Gerard Way? Gerard Way. Who also With wrote New Patrol? longer hair. Yeah. I was just saying. I remember just, reading that. Gerard Way. Uh, Grant Morrison was the Gerard Way of his time. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, I just had to tangent off on that. Grant Morrison interviews are awesome. If you, I mean, there's tons of them out there to listen to. But if you're it's not, whole, like, but if you're not used movie. to listening to Grant Morrison speak, it's one of those things. It takes it's a while. Very, the, the, there's certain people yeah. that like at first they go, I can't understand anything he's saying. Even I though, need subtitles. Even though Grant Morrison <laughs> speaks English, it's a very thick Scottish accent. It's, it's one of those things thick. like the more you listen to it, you pick up the dialect, yeah. and you, the, then like I, I I've listened to so much of it, I know what yeah, they're yeah, talking yeah. about now. But it's very jarring at first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. In 1999, The Matrix has numerous effects which had been attributed by critics to the influence of Morrison's The Invisibles. Matrix? Uh, yep. Morrison was immediately uh, struck by the similarities to their own work upon first seeing the film. In 2000, Morrison's graphic novel JLA Earth 2 was re- was released with art by Frank Quietly. It was Morrison's last mainstream work for DC for a while as they Which moved one? to Marvel, uh, JLA Earth, Earth 2. Hmm. While at Marvel, Morrison wrote the six-part Marvel Boy series and Fantastic Four. Uh, their take on another major superhero team in 2001, they began writing the main X-Men title, renamed New X-Men, for their run, with quietly providing much of the art. Again, Morrison's revamping of a major superhero team proved to be the commercial success, with the title jumping to the number one of the sales spot, and established Morrison as a kind of creator whose name on a title would yes, guarantee sales. Exactly. That was, um, again, this is like the Batman for me. Like, uh, X-Men... I, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast. X-Men was like the first, one of the first books I collected when I went and set up a hold of the comic shop. Yeah. But it wasn't huge. 
Like it was Uncanny X Men. That was it. There was no X. Oh my god! And then it went go. But it got to that point, and I just had to like, I'm done. I can't can't, I can't keep up with this. It's ridiculous. Especially the nine like nineties. Oh yeah. Oh, it was nuts. And I quit reading X Men for years. And this is when I was traveling all over the place uh, for work. And my buddy who worked at the comic shop was like, "You need to." Read fucking read the it new, the new x-men I'm like well what is it he's like it's it's the, new x-men, it's new x-men. I'm yeah. like, oh if that's the title yeah yeah and i i went to the comic shop i we were in california at the time uh picked up uh grant morrison's new x-men mm-hmm. uh read it like this is awesome uh, it was it you could see how marvel was like hey the movie's hot let's put the characters let's make the characters look how they are in the movie like they're in the black leather and stuff but I remember, like, the next week going back to the comic shop, mm. they had a bust of uh, Jean Grey, new X-Men Jean Grey. And I'm like, Buying that. I need to buy that. Yep. Can I get that? Yeah. Um, I'm going to sound like the biggest hypocrite in the world because, especially when it comes to X-Men, I, I'm very in the camp of, like, let these characters be colorful and different and have the colored outfits because mm-hmm. I think that's part of what makes them yeah. special. And, and I do stand by that. I like these new X Men outfits though. I really like the the, 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 the big yellow because they're they're not just the black suits from the movies. It, it they're they're uniform in a sense, but like the big yellow X across and yeah. stuff. They like own it. But you can see where they're going. Yeah, yeah. For that, but like you know? even like in the Dark Phoenix movie, as much as that movie is a pile of trash, it was amazing. It, we all know. It, it, it was cool to see those. They they adapted those suits pretty, you know, like. They look cool on screen. Like in 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 Dark Phoenix, they have the the big yellow X yeah. black suits, and it was cool to see them because it was like that's kind of a cool homage to New X Men. Well, and it's such a, a gambit now with the costumes because it works. I'm learning. Like mm-hmm. even you you see like with the Simpsons itchy and scratchy, and like the comics even mention like it doesn't work in comics. Because of this, at the flip side, some of these costumes work perfectly in comics because oh, it all is, of them. yeah. So it is so you know. So when they're able to pull something like if you see the Nick Fury, not yeah. Nick Fury, but it was, um, oh shit, he had the yellow shirt with the oh, purple Luke Cage. Yeah, so you see that where they play a little bit about it. And then they come back. Right. Some of the, you can see where you're like props to you, but well done for but Marvel's not, like, also owning good it. about capturing the essence of the the costume. Yeah, you know? right. Like it doesn't um, have to be cheesy spandex, but like we can yeah, give yeah. you the feel. Something highlights of Morrison's new X Men is Cassandra Nova is a yeah, is a Morrison character. She which was a is creepy little bitch. Awesome, awesome. Girl. <laughs> also. Um, Really creative, some of the stuff with Magneto and Zorn and the whole twist of Zorn Disney. was awesome. Yeah, that it, was. It, that's I a very that. polarizing the thing. The fact to, that people hated that, and I thought it was cool. It was great. And, yeah, and the fact that Wolverine came up and just like cut his head off. I'm yeah, like, there we go. They just killed Magneto. This is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> then they came back like two months later. Nope, that didn't happen. I'm like fuck you, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hard one, is uh, when they. I, I like, thought that was. Uh, Morrison was on that book run. for a while. His whole run was. And then so Joss Whedon came on after him. And the, the uh, and, amazing, astonishing X Men. Yeah, and, yeah, and that was fun as well. It was good, but, but new X Men is is great. Yeah. It's definitely definitely worth your time. That's right, Mary. 
Mary. Yep. That's right. <laughs> um, pull, you know, life imitates art, art imitates life, and also in New X-Men, they had uh, Magneto and Zorn developing an addiction to the power-enhancing drug known as Kick. Damn you, Kick. What a just great mushrooms. name for a drug. It's just yeah. mushrooms. Oh, my God. Just want some Kick? One time, man. I'm telling you, mushrooms all the time? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, 2002, Morrison launched uh, creator own project at Vertigo, The Filth, drawn by Chris Weston and mm-hmm. Gary Eskrine, a 13-part miniseries. Same year, Morrison sold the screenplay Sleepless Nights to DreamWorks with Guillermo del Toro, attached to direct. Um, around the same time, Morrison was working on the script for the sequel to the Marvel Boy miniseries, but the project ultimately failed to materialize. In 2004, Vertigo published three Morrison miniseries, Sea Guy, we three and uh, Venom. Oh God, Vimanamara. Vimin. That's a long. I word. know the book you're talking about. Yeah. I couldn't tell you the title. Morrison returned to the JLA about. with the first story to new anthology series JLA classified. I think. Um, yeah. We, I we think, three. We've done a full comic book club episode on. If you want so to know amazing. our thoughts on that, that's Beautiful. also drawn by Frank Quietly. Um, Stunning. Fantastic. Sad. It, yep, just it, is, it hits home. Everything. everything about that book is amazing. Uh, 2005, we get Seven Soldiers, which featured the Manhattan Guardian, Mr. Miracle, Clarion, the Witch Boy, uh, Bulletier Frankenstein, Shiny Knight. The series consists of seven interlinked four-issue miniseries with two bookend volumes, 30 issues in all. Dan DiDio, the editorial vice president of DC Comics at the time, was impressed with Morrison's ideas for revitalizing many of DC's redundant characters giving them the unofficial title of the revamp guy. Mm-hmm. Dio asked them to assist in sorting out the DC universe in the wake of the infinite crisis. Morrison was one of the writers on 52, a year, a year long weekly comic book series that started in May, 2006 and concluded in May of 2007. 52 is one of the greatest comic books ever written because just because of the triumph of what that book set out to do and what it did, because it's like, the, first of all, the team, right? Mark Way, Jeff Johns, Greg Rucka, Grant Morrison. Fucking fantastic. And it's like 52 weeks in a year, we're going to put this book out once a week, and we'll have four writers that are all rotating around to write this book to make this happen, and they did it. Yeah. 52 weeks for a year. That's and then like, they had it like, this did so well, let's do Countdown. Fair. <laughs> Countdown's horrible. And then this did so well, let's do Batman and Robin Eternal. <sighs> There's so many classes. But 52 is sweet because, because the, way, the way that Jeff John sort of does Infinite Crisis where it's like there's the, there's, there's the time jump, right? It's like the one year ahead. And 52 is kind of like, let's this we'll catch everybody up on this is what happened. This is what all these characters were doing over the year in the time jump. It, it it's just it, it it's, it's such a tall task. And the fact that it works as well as it does, like 52 has a very... Soft spot in my heart. I, I love that it was book. Good. Um, starting in November 2005, DC published All Star Superman, a 12 issue story by Morrison. A uh, 12 issue story by Morrison and Frank Quietly. Not so much a revamp or reboot of Superman, but the series presents an out of continuity, iconic Superman for new readers. All Star Superman won the Eisner Award for Best New Series in 2006, the Best Continuing Series in 2007, and several Eagle Awards in the UK. Three Harvey Awards in 2008 and the Eisner Award for Best Continuing Series in 2009. Which just tells you how long it took to to come out. That it was winning awards in all these multiple years. Um, In the same year, Morrison and Quietly worked on pop star Robbie Williams' album Intensive Care, providing intricate tarot card designs for the packaging and cover of the CD. 
I was going to say when he's like, ongoing series, I'm like, what? No. Um, More on All-Star Superman later. Morrison provided outline story and script work for two video games, Battlestar Galactica 2003 and Predator Concrete Jungle 2005, Hmm. both by Vivendi Universal. In 2006, New Line Cinema optioned Wii 3 as a film project with Morrison attached as a screenwriter. Following year, Morrison wrote the adaptation of the video game Area 51. For Paramount and development with CFP Productions. I loved Area 51. In 2006, Morrison was voted as the number two favorite comic book writer. How does that feel to be number two, dude? I'd rather be like number ten than number two. Who was number one? Does not say. I think it was Um, Oh, number two favorite comic book writer of all time by comic book research. Okay, number two of all time is not bad. Uh, same year, Morrison began writing Batman for DC with number 655, reintroducing the character of Damian Wayne and signaling the beginning of a seven-year-long oh. run on the character across multiple titles. Uh, Authority, Wildcats, um, Gene Ha and Jim Lee, respectively, drawing for the, for the Wildstorm imprint. Wildcats went on hiatus after one issue. <laughs> The Authority was discontinued after two. The scheduling of The Authority conflicted with 52, and Morrison was unhappy with the reviews. And then I saw the reviews on issue one, and I just thought, fuck this, he said. It eventually concluded without Morrison's involvement in Keith Giffen's The Authority the last year. 2007, San Diego Comic-Con DC Comics announced that Morrison would write Final Crisis, a seven-issue miniseries slated to appear in 2008 with J.G. Jones handling the art. Morrison announced it in 2008 was the publication of follow-up of 2004 Sea Guy called Sea Guy 2, The Slaves of Mickey Eye, and the second part of the planned three-part series. Um, final was Sea Guy a DC thing? Um, it, I think it's a Vertigo thing, yeah. Oh, okay. um, final Crisis is another one that's like very polarized, depending on who you talk to. There's a lot of stuff in that book that doesn't work. There's some really cool stuff with Superman and the Miracle Machine and things that do work. I'm a big fan of the New Gods and Jack Kirby and that stuff. There's a lot of things in that book that do work for me, but I understand why people don't like it. As far as it sort of being like the conclusion to if it's a trilogy of Christ on Infinite Earth to Infinite Christ to Final Crisis, it definitely falls flat of the other two. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's like horrible. And I remember picking this up. And the way I would uh, like cancel books because I was getting so much at that time, uh, if it kept going to the bottom of the pile, mm-hmm. like I'll read this later, and I just shuffle it to the end, and then like, you just never. Read okay, it. <laughs> this I'm like this is one that we just need to cancel. And I remember Aaron worked at the store, mm-hmm. so I'd call her up I'm like, hey, would you take this off my hold? And then it was the next issue after I had canceled it. Where it was like going wild, like shh, people were looking for this issue. It yeah. was going. I'm like, Son of what? It. What happened? She's like, well, Batman. They killed Batman. I'm like, what the fuck? Batman was not even in this series. What? Yeah. What are you talking about? They just killed Batman off. Like, what? What did I miss? Like, I was so confused. It's true. Like, and then I went back eventually and read the trade, and no, I just, I Final Crisis is not my thing. That's fair. Um, I, I the artworks in it's pretty. Oh, J.C. Jones is yeah. amazing. Um, I do like where Morrison goes with like I thought like the the Return of Bruce Wayne miniseries was a lot of fun. Oh no, yeah, sort of Batman kind of builds into that. Yeah, so, like Batman sort of like fighting his way through time to get mm-hmm. back to the present was a lot of fun. I thought I, I enjoyed it. It was yeah. a lot of fun ideas. Like some of the stuff they do with like the cavemen stuff and it was, like the JLA stuff on the walls. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, 
Batman number 700, which came out in August 2010, saw the return of Morrison to the title, a collaboration with art uh, that consists of Tony Daniel, Frank Quietly, and Andy Kubert, David Finch. I love Tony Daniel. He Tony Daniel's great. Batman yeah, R.I.P. Finch is amazing. Uh, separate stories tied together to illustrate that the legacy of Batman is unending and will survive into the future. Um, in Comic- San Diego Comic-Con 2010, it was announced that Grant Morrison would be leaving Batman and Robin with number 16 and launching a new series entitled Batman Incorporated with revolving artist Yannick Paquette, I, who oh, I love. Yeah. Yep. Um, a more team-oriented Batman book inspired by the Batman Brave and Bold animated series, Batman Incorporated builds on Morrison's work dating back to Batman and Son and Final Crisis. Uh, Bruce Wayne creating an international Batman franchise all over the world. The series suffered from slow scheduling and was ended after eight issues, while the DC Universe was rebooted in 2011 with a new 52. Uh, to bridge the gap, a prestige book was released that featured two issues together along with a synopsis that recapped the story so far. Mid-2012, a second volume of the comic was launched with Chris, Bur- uh, Chris Berman on artwork, scheduled for 12 issues. Morrison left the Batman titles in 2013. They killed the Damian Wayne character in Batman Incorporated number eight. Yeah. And the final issue was long. number thirteen. No, it never does. Um I know we talked about Batman already, but uh Morrison's Batman and Robin is that's like the highlight of that run to me. Damian sucks. I love I love I love just <laughs> flipping that dynamic on its head of sort of having Dick Grayson be sort of okay. That that's where I'm torn. Like Batman being sort of the looser, jokey one, and Robin being kind of the the, hard, you know, and like the stuff that ensued from that. Like that that book to me was a ton of fun. That's where I was so torn with it was on one side you had Nightfall, Mm -hmm. where he he put someone else in charge, totally different for Azrael, and you're like. Should have been Dick. Dick should have been Batman. So when they finally do it, you have Damien. And when I'm reading this, and and this is probably kudos to his writing. Mm. The way he wrote Damien, I'd be like, why isn't Dick Grayson kicking him out of the Batmobile going 150 miles an hour? Just like fuck you. He's a little shit. Yeah, Yeah, he's a shithole. I just oh. I, but I was happy that Dick was finally back. For me, I, I just think the point was always kind of to be like a a, a child of of Bruce Wayne and the Al Ghul lineage. Mm-hmm. It's like I feel like that's what that character needed to be. Yeah, you know. Asshole? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a little shit. Uh, Morrison returned to creator own work in 2010 with the eight issue Vertigo series Joe the Barbarian. Launched in January with artist Sean Murphy. Originally a six-issue series, Morrison felt that the story would benefit from an extra two issues. Um, so Joe's a diabetic young boy who begins to hallucinate a fantasy world populated with his toys and other fantasy characters when he stops taking his medication. That, sounds that, so familiar. I think that's I read one, this. That's one I've never read. Uh, following the closure of Virgin Comics, Dynamite Entertainment and Liquid Comics announced a partnership to publish a hardcover of illustrated scripts of Morrison's I'm not going to try to read that word. Uh, animated project 18 Days with illustrations by artist Mukesh Sign that was released in August of 2010. Subject of a feature-length documentary titled Grant Morrison Talking with Gods. I've seen this movie. It's, it's pretty interesting. Um, the documentary features extensive yeah. interviews with Morrison as well as a number of comics, artists, editors, and professionals that have worked closely with Morrison. Uh, Talking with Gods is produced by a Sequoia organization released in 2010 at San Diego Comic-Con. Um, this, is a, this is one of the longer notes of longer ones of notes, guys. We still have quite a bit. In June 2011, as part of DC Comics' massive revamp, 
uh, New 52, Morrison was announced as the writer on the new Action Comics number one, teaming with artist Rags Morales, uh, marking Morrison's return to the Superman character after the end of All Star Superman. So this is where this is where it gets tough for me because I love Grant Morrison. I love Superman. This book for me was a swing and miss. New 52, Grant Morrison's all, uh, action comics for me was not. Oh, I enjoyed was it, not there. there. There's parts of it that I, I like, but this one for me doesn't work. Huh. Um, in July 2011, Morrison's analysis of superheroes, super gods, our world in the age of the superhero was published by Random House. Um Let's see. Uh, that's that's his book that he wrote, his actual novel book. He he also does the audio book for it, too, if anyone's interested in that. Uh, Morrison has written a screenplay for a film entitled Sino uh, Toro in 2011. They worked on the screenplay, Dinosaurs vs. Aliens. Um, Morrison was appointed member of the Order of the British Empire in 2012. September 2012, Morrison British published Empire. their... First ever Image Comics creator own work, Happy, with Derek Robertson in the same month. Morrison Khan so was good. held at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. Small-scale convention curated by Morrison, featuring a number of comics industry guests. Uh, September 2014, as part of the legendary comics big foray into the industry, Morrison launched another key creator own book, Annihilator, with Fraser uh, Iving. Six-issue miniseries Annihilator was informed by the writings of Thomas Ligotti and other nihilistic philosophers. Played the idea of the satanic archetype. Uh, February 2015, Morrison's second image project ever launched in the creator-owned title Nameless with frequent collaborator Chris Berman. A tale of apocalyptic cosmic horror Nameless sought to approach the genre from a new lens with different influences rather than lean to its iconic founder H.P. Lovecraft. November 2015, Morrison began their biggest creator-owned project of the decade, collaborating with Boom for the first time to do Klaus with Dan Mora. I like Klaus. I love Dan Mora as well. Uh, set around revamping Santa Claus as a sprawling superhero saga. This was one of those books that, like, again, had it had another person's name on it. I don't know if I would have picked it up. But, you know, and Klaus is a lot of fun. It, it's, it's really yep. good. Morrison's Multiversity Project for DC was published in 2014 and 15. Meta series of nine one shots set in some of the 52 worlds in the DC multiverse. It included the main multiversity title, which involves the return of President Calvin Ellis, the black Superman from Earth 23, originally seen in Action Comics Volume 2, number nine, which was the framing for the whole series. Uh, that's so, other than Final Crisis, I feel like multiversity is the other one that's like pretty polarizing as far as like the event. They books. did that one where it was like the Nazi, yeah, that was amazing. And that was drawn by Jim Lee, yeah, oh, yeah, it was beautiful. Multiversity is like a lot a of fun. Issue series, if I remember. Correctly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, multi- multiversity is a lot of fun. It, it's 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 hit and miss. Yeah, hit and miss. But like, it's cool just exploring some of those some of those worlds. Yeah. My favorite part about that uh, that the Nazi one is like you have all these like different versions of this of the different superheroes and like they all have like kind of cool names like Batman's you know Nazi Batman's called like Nighthawk or something like that which is kind of cool. Aquaman's literally called Underwater Man. That's that's, that's, a, that's a Grant Morrison names the other Aquaman. It's Underwater Man. Uh, in 2016, uh, Morrison became editor in chief of the Heavy Metal magazine. What year was this again? 2016. Okay. Uh, 2017, Morrison co-created sci-fi TV series Happy. Yeah, it was great. 
Yep. Watch that series if you can. We watched some of those. Oh, November so 2018, good. Morrison and artist Liam and Sharp launched it. Green Lantern, mm-hmm. entitled The Green Lantern for DC Comics. Following the success of the first season of The Green Lantern, a second season was announced to be published in 2020. But beforehand, there was a Black Stars miniseries dealing with the ending of season one, launched in November 2019. Uh, season two of Morrison's Green Lantern with Liam Sharp began in 2020 and completed in March of 2021 alongside with the release of their third and final volume of the Wonder Woman Earth One series. Morrison co-created and worked on a writer and producer of the 2020 TV series Brave New World for Peacock. Um, it's a lot a lot of TV, TV stuff that he's been doing as of lately. Um, in 2021, it was announced that Morrison would write a four-issue series entitled Superman and the Authority by and with art by Mikhail Yannin. Or I think it's Mikhail Yannin. I think that's how you're supposed to say that. Um, 2022 newsletter, Morrison revealed that they had pitched ideas for series uh, eight of Doctor Who to series showrunner Stephen Moffat. These include a story featuring a child version of the Doctor as well as a new potential villain. And that's... Uh, the, 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 there's a bunch more, but that's probably enough. That's a, a lot of the. It's, it's a long, lengthy, long, oh, lengthy yeah. career for on. Grant Morrison because we still got some books to talk about. Yep. So, Mary, do you oh, want to kick us off? I was going to take a drink. <laughs> I How dare you? read stuff. I read something. Mm-hmm. A very voluptuous Wonder Woman story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I read Wonder Woman Earth One. Grant Morrison, we've got... Yannick Paquette. Yannick Paquette. Nathan Fairbairn. Fairbairn? Mm -hmm. I like Fairbairn. Fairbairn. I like Yannick Paquette's art a lot. I really like the art on this. I felt like everybody was, like, super pretty. I really liked the... I feel like they did, uh, like, thicker lines... Uh, for like the outlines and stuff of people and I, I just really enjoy that mm-hmm. just makes them like stick out more Stand out. yeah um, Wonder Woman is listen she's badass she's freaking sexy in this <laughs> they they utilized her to her uh, greatest extent I feel like yes. they really kind of lean on like the Amazon thing of like having her be like a very large woman yes like, they did um, I mean so like, like look she looks sexy. Look at that. Laura, like, wh- yeah, I like get it. Wonder Woman, mean? depending on who writes her and how they draw her, sometimes she it's kind of dainty, whatever. Like, yes. like Wonder Woman's supposed to be an Amazonian woman. Like, she's supposed to be a large human being. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. They and I like when they kind of lean like on that. The Amazonian part. So if you're not familiar with the Earth One series, it's kind of like retellings or, you know, retellings sort of, fun, of origin stories yeah like, different takes on on you know they've done superman and batman this is the wonder woman one they've done green lantern and teen titans as well yeah so in this one uh wonder woman it's basically going like her first time going out into man's world and stuff and it kind of gives you um her backstory on like her mother told her that she was born of clay and things like that uh she was i think she was like promised to be to like this mala yes mala woman um morrison very heavy leans on like the lesbian relationships on said mascara because like sometimes they touch on that sometimes they don't this one this one heavily kind of 
Yeah. Well, there's. It's like it's like this is a thing. Yeah. But, no, no shit. There's no one else on the island. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But so like Wonder Woman, she found the wreckage of Steve Trevor's uh, plane, and he's like, it's purple. It's purple. There's purple. Uh, there's purple. like, I feel like there's like, it's not magic. It's like they have like future tech. That, that was one of the new things that like Morrison did in this one. I thought it was kind of cool. Like the the Amazonians <laughs> on Themyscira have like crazy like advanced technology. It's yeah. weird. Like oh, okay. they're like half. So like this purple beam can like heal people. Yeah. Um. But so what happens is like she wants to save him because she doesn't feel like he's like a bad guy or anything. So, but it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. So she has to like take him back. So she does like a trial. Uh, she has to like fight this person and like takes over her title and um, takes the the ship and like takes Steve Trevor and like that machine to man's world and then gets him to like a hospital and stuff. So base and and she ends up healing him. Who did the art? Yannick Paquette. Yeah, yeah, I, I was gonna it's show really they do a really cool yeah. thing in some of these He's pages good. where they separate is it the, nine? They, they separate. Well, no, but they separate <laughs> the panels with the lasso. Yeah, because oh, what like the that. story like the, is the is really cool. what the story oh, is yeah. is like it's her origin story, but it's also like she is on trial because she left uh, Themyscira. Yep, and she wasn't supposed to, or something. It's all like in that. like past tense. Like like the story yeah. is like her coming back to Themyscira and having to. Go to trial for leaving the island, going to Man's World, telling the story. So it's like from her point of view of like why she left and what happened. Yeah, so it's really interesting. I I really enjoyed it. It's it's a nice short read. It didn't take too much of a These too much time. Oh, there were sometimes there were sometimes I'll be honest with you where I was like how they speak. It was a little confusing, but there's also like that, yeah, like she gonna... speaks one language and she's trying to learn English kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where I kind of got stuck with. Also, they're kind of like technology is really kind of cool. The way that they kind of bring that into introducing like the invisible jet and stuff where yeah. it's like it, it lines up. We're like, oh, that makes sense. Like they have this crazy technology that it's weird. They're like, kind of old school in a lot of their stuff but they're advanced in other areas yeah. which was kind of interesting so yeah Wonder Woman Earth 1 was, was fun it was fun I, really, I liked it it took forever to finish like one <laughs> one and two came out like within like a year or two of each other but then three was like seven eight years later but he did finally finish it it's a trilogy of books nice. three volumes you know that kind of well pisses me off yep what'd you guys I read I hate the the time lapse in okay. comics it makes me piss me it sucks yeah like once it's we, all out, nobody cares, but in the time... Oh, my it's, God, it sucks. Ultimates? Ultimates. Doomsday Fuck Clock? Fuck that shit. Ultimates. Yeah. It's great book. Fuck it. You're reading it month to month? Month? Mo Quotation, yeah. month to month? No. Yeah. yeah. It, it pissed We read out. Doom, Doom Patrol. Patrol. All Together, right. like a couple. I'm Doom dying Patrol. to hear it. Because we never Doom read Patrol. it Doom, I actually um, asked And like her. I said before earlier... Um, it just took me back to those early days as a kid where as a child you're you're in the Spider-Man, Superman, all the the regular yeah. superheroes and but you find those oddities at the comic shop you're like, "Oh my god." It doesn't make sense. Do this? Yeah. It's it, this is for grown-ups. And this, this is, is DC different. too. And uh this is Vertigo. 
I know, well, but Vertigo the actually, idea. Exactly, it, it was exactly. DC this when is, they this printed is Vertigo it. imprint at right. this point. But yeah, yeah, like, yeah but they, they even print, they published this <laughs> under yeah. just the normal DC. And they DC. mentioned like we should call Superman. And it kind of reminded me of, uh, and I can't tell you the issue number that Alan Moore took over on Swamp Thing. I want to say it was nineteen, but I want to say maybe twenty-one. But it was yeah. that area where yeah. Alan Moore is like, I'm taking this, and it changed shit. And they, I think it was Swamp Thing that eventually made the vertigo title because they're like people are like this is too adult we need to do something with this we can't mm-hmm. just have this <laughs> we can't have this the out there for kids you sure know? hey kids comics um but uh do you have anything to say about this what, uh, what do you think you're doing patrol Aaron? i'm curious yeah. and then i would like <clears throat> to talk after seeing because uh, i've watched uh all four is it four, four seasons? seasons yeah i've watched all four seasons um so, so i did not watch all four seasons did you read the uh introduction i did not read the, did i you? did not either oh so shock and surprise i did not read a uh, it was a bonus a quick like not a quick read um i what you do notice of doom patrol is that grant morrison as mary I just wanted you to pay attention to me for a second. <coughs> Mary uh, noticed some oh, of the wording is kind of like, what? Like, he has this, and the color panels is a little bit confusing, too. So he does kind of gravitate towards a nine, which I think you'd like. It still holds up. Tyler has read this. Oh, yeah. It holds up. Oh, yeah, but I'm, I'm oh, still, I, it I agree. does. I agree. And I was impressed with... The artwork, not necessarily everything holds up. The storyline, there is some parts where you're like, I don't understand the changing of the color panels. Like the color, here it says it's yellow and then the oil stick. And this happens a lot. So I'm mm-hmm. like, are they reflecting on like... This is it, this is a book, I don't mean to interrupt, but this is do. a book where people... I will talk to certain people and like they will read this and like this is very dated. The art, no, I, everything's yeah. very dated. But if you read it, oh, it's not dated at all. No, it it doesn't oh. feel. It, I mean, like some of the des- the character designs and stuff. Maybe like if you were designing them today, they wouldn't look like that. Like it does, but crazy but, James hairstyles. It's, it feels very. But 80, the, it's nineteen eighty nine. What do you? It is. Yeah. But the writing. Oh my and god, the writing is, very, is not it works. dated. Yeah, it's very good. So this drove me up the wall. Is the Again, it's not bad, but as a reader of a comic, people use different colors to mean different things, right? Mm-hmm. And so here you have bright yellow, and then sort of yellowish orange, and then orange. And I was like, well, what does this mean? Like, is there a different character? But and I'm assuming there I, is. Yeah. There's a usually yeah. like visual cues, But it's yeah. not. It's like, it's fucked up, because I keep going. It's Doom um, Patrol, man. <laughs> and so I, I was thinking, well, maybe there's a different voice, because it's talking about, and this is issue two, and it still happens, though, in all of the other issues. It's like just slightly different enough, mm. and I can't figure out fucking why, and it drove me up the wall. Okay. But again. I didn't catch this. But it's the me- color is, because color means something different, there has to be. What do you think of these characters, though? But because... wait, hold your horses. Okay, I'm sorry. Jeez Louise, I read this motherfucker. I read four issues, and it's very dense in a way. It's it fast is. No, it's read. Very, yeah, it's it very is. It's very but heavy. But again, yeah. it's it was enjoyable, and that's okay. I think. Let's make this clear. I enjoyed every moment of it. There were things though that I clearly saw where it was like, 
You motherfuckers. What's the difference with the color box? It's are you just thing, fucking maybe? with me? Maybe. Or are you... No, it's all I, through now, here. I, seeing how, what she's yeah. pointing out, it's... I don't think it's a printing thing. It's... It's, it's, it's definitely... It's like, yeah. So here he... It says... Mackerel, herring, sea bass, pike, stir. It's the fucking same thing. And I was like, well, maybe it's a different voice coming in. Is it God? No. Maybe it is. What I liked about it is, like you guys said, it held up. It's a little bit strange, but it made me feel like. In all the best ways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, even the artwork was like super surreal, where he was like the dream sequence here at the very beginning. And then. Thinking about the time frame, right, where you had this idea of like Batman, Superman, mm-hmm. and here you have a cra- you have a character going, you know, I will show you where that, you know, to the nurse, I will show you where we can shove that. I will, sh-, you know, and she's like, oh, you know, you're just, what was it? You've got a real bad attitude problem, Mister. I'll tell you that for nothing. And he's like, shut up, get out. And it's this depression that Mm. sets in. And here you have like a superhero who has depression. He's in a... I kind of want to read the first 18 issues to see... What the change was? Yeah, where where he took it and went like, okay, Robot Man has got some shit going on, so maybe we can do this. Yeah. you know, like and they I, and they pull the storyline all the way through. You have the idea, kind of remind me a little bit, not wholly about Watchmen. You have the kind of like side effect where he's kind of building this whole. Mm-hmm. He's taking things out of the old place. You obviously know this man is a. He's got some money. B. Some connections. He's moving shit around. Sure. And again, if you don't think of this in the DC universe, it's clearly something DC because they bring up JLA, which right. I thought when was, they bring up invasion. Yes. If you remember that, yeah, yeah, awesome thing. And so what I like really like, the old comic book. Oh yeah. yeah, they keep that kind of old school feel of like, here's this guy with a fucking pipe and his yellow tie. You're like, where the hell does this come from? And he's like, whoa, <laughs> I built you. And he he brings up valid points of like, I can't feel shit. I can't. It's like, some, I just want to take a shit, but I can't. Yeah, you know? I it's mean, like, how he... horrifying. <laughs> and this poor guy, and again, I'm not reading this with the past whatever 19 issues. You have Larry, who's obviously got some issues. You're not quite sure why he's in the hospital. I still don't know why Larry's in there, right? Like, But then Larry sees this guy, and it reminds me of, like, did he... This remind me of Century a little bit, where he's like, and I I get that with Larry Trainer. Yeah, the did you see that bit. where he's like, did they put him into this hospital in the sense of like, is he seeing things? Is he talking no, to he's himself? Got, he basically went into space and this kind of a fantastic forest thing. There's an entity that has yeah. so this entered one, his body. So when I was in, the, he's in the, the hospital. Negative, yeah, what's it called? negative something the negative spirit or something ne- I yeah, yeah something like i just that. thought this negative was, man yeah. when again i'm reading great this design to strictly the yeah the invisible man type yeah. thing yeah. it's strictly from this point of view i thought century where is the reason he's in the hospital is he's seeing shit right. or because she's like stop pressing the button but i kind of dig this whole like he brought it back a little bit. Good on him because you can see when you mentioned, I didn't even know because I haven't read WhatsApp, the they there. Mm-hmm. And here you have an individual clearly not defining their gender. 
they are both ambiguous. in 1989. Yes, exactly. Well this this is the thing that kind done. of threw me for a loop because, like I said, I went into this have watching the TV show and mm-hmm. never never read the book. Like I said, this had the whole the the show had the Grant Morrison feel, but the Larry thing where it's like we're not Larry. It's because it's a it's a he and a she mm-hmm. and it's this whole thing. I'm like this is. For, for the year of this time, took place, yeah. so ahead well, of its time. Well, and it, 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 not and, when I'm the Raider. And there's that point where, where he's talking to Robot Man, and uh, is, that, is that his name, yeah. Robot Man? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Where he's, he's like, I am not Larry. He's like, you know what? I'm going to call you what whatever, I, I what, whatever I want. Because like, oh, I feel you're Larry, here. I'm going to call you Larry. Well, and it, it, it was well done, the color palette reminded me a lot of Watchmen a little bit. I hate to say it. Not bad. Well, I can same, see it. It's the same era. Yeah. But it, it a little bit reminded me of that and I you know you son of a bitch I look for nine panels now every time <laughs> I I'm do like, too. Who who I do too. I'm all like is it nine every is time? Is it nine panels? I think I leave anyone within this world. It's the nine panel grid. But it, it was Jane, I think, that caught my eye. Anybody, She's a great character. Jane's oh, awesome. and then fucking the, amazing. And, the, and that's, amazing. that's Grant Morrison's character, too, which which just makes it, like, She's brand. She's brand new in she, this book. She. I love the fact that he allows someone to be. All of his characters allows them to be fucked up. As in, it's okay to have depression. It's okay to have multiple personalities. It's okay to be who you are. You can work as a team and make right. it work. And that is awesome. Well, in this this part where he took him out, the I can't remember the character's name, but the guy who made the Metal Man. He, mm. I made your body. Mangus or Mangus uh, or something. Mangus, maybe. Yeah. But he took him out to see Crazy Jane. Like, cause he's just fucked up and like yeah. here. And like, you have this moment with them where like, he's kind of done with things, but now he has someone to help kind of help and look after. Mm-hmm. And I love in the, especially in the TV show, like they, they stuck to that. The, the, the Jane robot man. Yeah. Uh, th- chemistry in the show. They're anchored. No, yeah. They're, they're, yeah. It's very much like a Wolverine Kitty Pride thing. It's like, I, yeah. that's, that's their thing. And well, I like and that. I enjoy. And they fight and they bicker, and but they're still. They fight the way there's people that are only as close as they are yes. could, though. Yeah. That's, and I, I enjoyed the um, novelty of it. And what year is this? I don't know yeah. how many. They probably had. I mean, I watched the multi personality show with um but it's a movie anyways doesn't man no it had like Boner Sally Field. anyways <laughs> the personalities and the the fact that this one they were not persecuted for being superheroes because you see the doctors uh, mm. you know they're like ah oh, fucking superheroes but it was this idea of accepting who you are and I love the fact that she has no idea what superpower she has because she has fucking yeah. so many personalities and so what they keep going and now you get a sense of they have a little bit of everything they have the FBI you have this guy with the scissor man and then oh yeah, I love the Men in Black thing yes. where it's like, I didn't think this I didn't what think the this job, job would be. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have the priest. The interesting thing is he brings in characters that have no point. Like oh, this that, guy. He that's has, what I love about this type of stuff, this indie feel, because they just they take you 
Like, then, hey, we're going to take you on this little journey where you think it's going to go somewhere, and it's not. And we're yeah. going to end it right here. Yeah, we'll they kill him with, with the things. fridge. You have no point of this guy. I and, love that. I and love then the color <laughs> is because like... Because he, he was a priest who had lost his faith, and he's just out wandering. And like, yeah. what, what's happening with the fish, with the raining fish, like you feel like his faith is going to come back. He's going to become mm. this thing. And a refrigerator comes down and smashes well, and this poor yeah. kid, like, again, this is what pissed me off. I love the color. Like, whose voice is who? There's a purpose in this where people change the color of panels to inflect voices. Yeah. Can't yeah. figure out what the voices is. This is also a thing about don't read porn. He was clearly reading porn. <laughs> he became a scissor man. And even his father, oh. I couldn't tell. And he cut it off? Well, no. Scissor. The scissor man had come in and cut his dick off. No, but they could have. But the father, it looks like some horrible. They and even help. here, he's like, porn in the closet. But this poor mm. kid is basically, yeah. So as it goes through, I really enjoy the characters. They push the bounds. The artwork. I don't. I don't give a crap who what you say. I still think the artwork is oddly. I do valid. like again. Like I. I went into this after watching the show. So Niles is just kind of that douche. Yeah. Yeah. He's the guy who brought everyone together, but he's a douchebag. Yeah. And in this, he's like he's a douche still. Yeah. Like <laughs> like after the whole Larry thing, he's like, well, it's not Larry. It's he, they took the nurse, and now it's this thing. And like, okay, okay. And then he like wheels back in and opens the door. Hey, you want to join the Doom Patrol? Like, what a douche. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? He's went through a traumatic. He was the villain all along. Yeah. <laughs> Again. This is what drives me up the well. Orange, sort of orange, yellow. We don't know. It's red, f- orange, and yellow. It's fucked up. Anyways, they have the bone. In- Roy G. Biv. <laughs> red, orange, yellow, green, blue. So LGBTQ. She's fucking awesome. She no, maintains. Crazy Jane's yeah. Awesome. So yeah. the the battle comes in. They're fighting. See these little people. And then the covers are great. They're fighting. Little, I think Poland. Did and Poland as for Kansas City, that's the best. Bring you back the fact that they're still in Kansas City, and they even mentioned Superman. Like, no, we don't need to call him. The fucking shit's going down. Everything's going horrifying, and um, they're running. That's all I have right there. Hmm. Did you watch any of season four? Yeah. Okay. So you got the Scissor Man. Yeah, at least. I, I, you I got, got till the, they till they did their break and okay, then yeah, just forgot to come back. And so, I love. So keep okay, so if you haven't read this, you need I to haven't. read. You need to read it for Jane and his relationships. It's with, good. It is not sexual. It is not. It's huh? very. Um, it's a father daughter. Yeah, in a weird way, yeah, but okay. it's like a. Odd relationship in That's the That's what works so good in the show because they... they and did they, you kind they, Did you read this too? Yeah, we yeah. both okay, read okay. this. Because yeah. they, they lean on so much of like Robot Man having all these regrets about missing out on his daughter and everything. And then, you know, in the show it really works because Jane kind of falls into that where it's like he sort of wants to be a figure for her. But mm-hmm. did you... Um, you read this, but I love the fact where all the personalities, one personality comes out. She has multiple. And she has different powers, which yeah. I love. Which well. is cool, yeah. Well, she, she, all of them are all underground, I guess, is the, In the term. Other, yeah, yeah. And the other she's guy. like, well, that's a juvenile terminology for it. The way they visualize that in the show is phenomenal. Mm. But 
she explains that, well, we all kind of like you, and I want to let you know this person likes you and this person likes you. I thought that was... I don't think they really hit with that on the TV show. Or maybe they did. I don't know. But, like, in the comic book, it's like, oh, that's makes more and more sense right. with, with their relationship. Or, like, hey, we all agreed that we yeah like you. and it was a, we see you as like a father figure well like in the there's the one episode in the first season where it's like jane's having like a breakdown and like he's the one that goes down in there to go get her yeah you oh know? yeah and so i feel like that's kind of you know like he's the one that they would kind of allow in their space is josh mm-hmm. in the movie i mean the television he, no he is not he's a different character if i'd say anything he's the um cyborg character yeah cyborg's just kind of the i I wonder when they were pitching the show if they felt like well we We gotta have this in somehow or we gotta have at least one character that people recognize because they're like oh i know him and then maybe they'll kind of because it's weird because normally doom patrol beast boy was the team beast boy was in the doom patrol before the teen titans so it's like he was kind of the but he was never in Grant Morrison's. No, because by that point, he had already went over. off. Yeah. But I wonder if they're like, we need a Teen Titan to put in Doom Patrol. At least maybe that would draw people into the show. Do so you know what? I, I enjoyed uh, That version Cyborg of Cyborg and, is great. Yeah, Doom Patrol. So this good. is where it got a little confusing for me. I'm, I am a smart person sometimes. Not very smart. When it came to this gibberish about issue four, and it's the... Anybody got it? A quith or quith of the city of bone. The city of miracles is a city. And it keeps going and you got two people and you got. It's basically. I swear. The way to stop this is to. Oh, you'll love this. Fuck Mary. with their heads. Like, yeah. It gets better. Tell them a riddle or something. and Oh, oh it's going to short circuit. Will, and... I will say this in my voice. And, yeah, they are, and they are waiting to answer the question that will unmake the world. Just for you, ready for this? It gets weirder. Beyond the blah, 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 the half-life of the city continues. Sleepwalkers drift among the marvels, rot in the bone of the unnumbered dead. And it goes, and it goes... Well, the best part is I had to read a couple sentences, close the issue. It's basically a philosopher's version of it. Like they wrote a book. And this is the best part. They wrote a book because they were playing like, let's see how messed up we can be in a book as these philosophers. And it's a black book. And seriously, all Mm -hmm. the pages are black. And then they go, the book happens to come to truth because it's that mind-bender game of, is the cat in the box or the cat not in the box? Oh, oh, I see, yeah. Yeah, and so basically, somehow, this comes to cats. What's called? Fr- it's the... Frodesian... Frodesian... Let me do it in that... So basically, that's the purpose. And Doom Patrol is weird enough, and they actually say this, don't call Superman, we got this. And I was like, do you? And they didn't call Superman, and basically, they what go in. What Superman done? I don't know, like, for Hey, we're going to find out. <laughs> well, and this is the part where I found ready for this and no, i still I'm not ready no you shouldn't be i'm not it's really cool they're what fighting. do they do what okay happens <clears throat> ending it yes is. it is yeah. <laughs> ready? It is. so the priest 
who knew the answer was a liar. You see? He was a liar. Which meant that his answer to the question must also have been a lie. So he said there's something instead of nothing since that was a lie. Then what he really is saying that there wasn't something instead of nothing. And that's when... The thing collapsed. I'm too drunk to I, comprehend. I know. I read. I yeah, had I to read, read these couple pages yeah. a couple times. So like, okay, what? What's going on? So, it held up. Yeah. But it also held up in the sense of, oh, that's, he's being weird, right? Yeah, like, yeah. he's not all up there. I wanted to read more, and for people out there who. And you look, can. Well, no, I mean. You got a whole book there. I don't know it's about. like 12 pages. I think there's I mean, this. 12, no, there's this concept of prettiness pages. versus old school. Like you said, issues. is it dated? Yeah. And I, I would tell people out there is it's not dated. There is that writing. It's that feel. I feel bad for individuals who are uncomfortable. And I, I would you choose something pretty over something like this? Yeah. And this pulled you in just as fast and quick as something artistically different. Sure. And I would say more and more to individuals out there who are newer readers, comics, take a chance on this stuff, especially like where the um, writers are pushing the bounds. You'll yeah. be surprised how, how you're pulled in because of that versus. I love it. Good team of misfits, you know. Yeah, just took me back to my childhood of discovering. This Always stuff. bummed me that they didn't give Morrison a, a credit on that show. It's really like, like disturbing. It, like like every every episode when it You're would come looking? up, it was like based on the comics from DC, yeah, whatever. Right. And it was but, like, but she, wait, I get that he didn't create all the characters other than True. other than crazy, but it's like still it should be like you know based on the comics from DC and work from Grant Morrison because yeah. it's like. That's the that's the version of that's these, the world we live in. That's the version stuff, that you're doing is is Morrison's version of Doom yeah, Patrol. Let's very not much. let's not be very much coy here. No. Okay, okay. Sell me on this book because I made it like three or four issues before I was like fuck it, I'm done. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, I good luck. I probably can't, but <laughs> I'm, sure I, can. I, I, I'm gonna talk Tell about me. All Star Superman. This is my Do favorite. It. This is my favorite comic book of all time. This is many people's favorite um, Superman. Normally, book. for something like this, I I would a lot of times kind of try to pick something that I never read or whatever. But with this, where it's like this, this is just your, gonna this be my jam. opportunity this to talk baby. about this book. Yeah. Um. So. You know, th- th- there's a lot to go in here, and it's another very dense book. So obviously, we don't have Who's time to go. Who's the artist? Before Frank you quietly. Oh, it's that's right. It's a beautiful book. So we don't have time to go into all of it. The first amazing thing about this book is that so many writers and creative teams have tried to retackle and redo and stuff the the origin story of Superman. And I don't know how many people have done it as good as they do it in two pages. In this, like the the amazing just Doom Planet. Desperate scientists, right? Mm. Kindly couple, last hope, Superman. Everything is right there is like that's it. You don't need any more than that. You that, know, if that was Chris Claremont, seven seven to eight pages. Yeah. At least. <laughs> um, th- this is half is, the book. This is ma- this is maybe my favorite first issue of all time okay. because it does so many. Did things. you read this as a graphic no. novel? Or yeah, oh yeah, singles? Gra- yeah. Okay. It, this was all done by the time okay. I got to this. Um, so in this first issue, I mean the it, the premise of the book is it's a, it's a twelve issue maxi series. 
in the first issue, <clears throat> Superman goes on a mission to the sun to rescue a group of astronauts that were trying to do some testing on the sun and got too close. It, it, and so obviously right away, right? Morrison's doing sort of an Icarus thing, right? Yeah. Flew too close to the sun. Superman finds out in the first issue of this book that he's dying. And, and, and because and, he had too much radiation. Yeah, and I love the idea oh. that that the very thing that gives Superman his powers it's gonna is going to kill is killing him. And so after they have their incident, he does the test. There's a great scene with him and and the lead scientist on this, where um, he's like Superman. I don't know how to tell you this, and he says, "Just tell it to me straight." And he says, "Your overexposure to the sun is basically exploding your your body from within." And stuff. And Superman has a part where he looks at his hand and he says, I can see it. He says, it's like little explosions all over my, you know. But because he's he heals so quickly, it, it, it takes, it's going to take a long, It's he says, how long do I have? He says, you have probably about a year. And so it's it's a take on Icarus too close to the sun while also sort of being a 12 trials of Hercules or whatever you want to call it. It's Morrison's very much playing on that too because it's like, how does Superman, what does he do with the last year of his life and all the different things that he thought he had time to do? And some of those are personal things. Some of those are things to sort of make the world a better place. Also, I've brought this up before. I think Frank quietly sells the Clark Kent. Uh, mm-hmm. Better than anybody else. Better than anybody. Um, this first issue is amazing. That This scene here with Luthor... And he has this whole thing about... You I know, like the colors, too. Yeah. He says... He, this this is amazing. He talks about how he's been... Lex Luthor's been in prison at the start of this thing. And he's and he's he's doing a lot of evaluating on his own life. He says, something's been... You know, as I sit there in my jail cell, thing, something keeps crossing my mind. I'm getting older. And he isn't. He says, something's got to be done about that. And where he's starting to feel like, I'm running out of time. Um, so this is Superman's whole thing to the sun. He finds out that he's dying. And uh, at the end of the first issue, Superman decides to reveal his identity to Lois Lane because that's the first thing that he wants to do. But this whole Clark Kent thing, the way Frank, Frank quietly draws his hair, the hunched overness, he makes him look very stocky Kansas farm boy and stuff in this, which is amazing. I love the way Frank Riley draws faces. They're so expressive and stuff. But um, so that to me is a, it's just an amazing premise of the book, all set up in the first issue of like, what does this guy do with the last Year twelve of months of his life? Yeah. Um, and then the the book is sort of just kind of going through all of those things. I won't go through them all because there's too many of them. But he he makes sure that he wants to establish the relationship with Lois that he always wanted. And uh, for her birthday, he designs a formula basically for her to drink that will give her Superman's powers and for, that, for I think 24 hours. That was the last hours. issue I read. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah he was like, fuck no, women's my, power. Uh, no, let me be clear. Like, <laughs> listening to you talk <laughs> about this, I'm like, I want to read it now. Yeah. Because the way they sold this to us was, oh, it was hey, bad. you know what Marvel's doing with the Ultimates? That's what we're doing over here. Oh, it was, and it was very much done. not. All Star Batman and All Star Superman were not the Ultimates. Oh, and Superman that was gets a to have a fun a fun day with Lois, where um, yeah, she gets to experience all of his powers for one day, which is a lot of fun. There's a really cool moment uh, that most people have seen where um, they're Look flying, that they're they're, mm-hmm. they're flying around and stuff, and he says, 
um, do you know something I've always wanted to do from the moment we met? And she says, Can what? And he, he, he takes her to the moon and they kiss on the moon, which is, I mean, that's like iconic to me. And um, it's Damn crazy as the, as the serum starts to wear off, she talks about how like, oh, like I'm turning, like I can't hear China anymore. And I can't, and I can't you know, it's like I can't see the particles in the air anymore right. and stuff, whatever. And it's like, is this how you live life all the time? You would think that first, like, if it, what, how long did it last? A day? It's, tw- yeah, it's just 24 okay, hours, you yeah. You'd think, like, it would take her 24 hours to, like, come down. To just take it all in. Yeah, hey, this that's is true. comic. That's fair. I know. Right. I know. I'm um, just saying. Going back to know. me talking about Superman, or Morrison, how I love that he writes so much stuff in the meta. One of the issues is Superman wanting to, he basically builds this machine that's kind of like a, if you've seen Futurama, it's kind of like the what if machine, right? Where it's like you can kind oh. of put in a thing and it create. And so, because um, in his task of Hercules kind of thing, he has all these things that he has to do. One of the things is create new worlds is one of the things he wants to do before. And he's starting to get scared because he's nervous about how uh, humanity is going to be able to maintain when he's gone. What does a world without Superman look like? So he uses this machine to create a world without Superman and the world that he creates is a world where two Jewish kids from Cleveland, Ohio create a character named Superman and it's Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. And in this world, Superman likes his meta. Superman is a Mm -hmm. fictional character. Um, Stuff like that, man. Just, just gets me so much. What you're saying is I should have just kept on with this. I mean, I I don't know because it's kind of for you or it's not. You know, I I, I don't want to say... I don't know. I'm one of those people that... Like I said, the way they sold it to me was not how it was presented. Oh, yeah, no. It was... There's, that, there's a lot of off. good stuff in here, dude. There, there, there really is. There's it a, has been years at this point, and maybe I would enjoy this. There's a whole issue where he gets stuck on the Bizarro planet, the cubed Bizarro world and stuff, and has to find a way back. Um, and then the, Morrison really kind of makes an awesome uh, last showdown with Lex Luthor where it kind of comes back to the serum of giving Superman's powers for 24 hours a day where Luther is, finds out how to make it himself. And so, because the, the thing with, uh, with Lex Luthor, it's like he's Superman's greatest villain, but you can never really have him go toe to toe because he's a man, you know, and right. Superman's not going to punch Lex Luthor in the face. So it allows them to have this the, sort of showdown with each other that you kind of always wanted. This is where he's kind of creating the world. And yeah, oh, nice. uh, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster drawing the, the yeah, comic the, creator of yes, Superman. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um, and the, the, the cool thing with this too is like the thing with, do con- they kill that he does die at the end, doesn't he? So the thing with like superhero, the reason a lot of people like indie comics is because they're allowed to tell full stories and, and with then they kill superhero him, yeah. comics, a beginning, a middle, and superhero comics are like the never ending second act, yep. you know, cause you could, there always has yeah. to be more this with it being a 12 issue thing. They were allowed to do a full beginning, middle and end. And the story has an ending and you're left with it at the end. And there, there, there's, you know, there's parts of it that are open-ended where you can kind of, you know, because more nice to do a lot of that stuff. But it it ends. And, yeah, I mean, I think it's really a spoiler. Superman dies at the end of it. Well, and I think if you But it's not like... The way they do it is so different than how you think it's going to go. Well, and if they gave full rights and the All-Stars title... And, again, Mm -hmm. this is the weird thing about comics. You give someone, like, a new title Mm -hmm. to a comic... It's the same fucking character, but for some reason, when it's like all star, it's like 
you're given a freedom right and everybody in i guess in the comic book industry everybody knows it could be anything right mm-hmm. and all it is is the same name but with a few words in front of new x-men yeah, yeah. and so i think that's when you get i think maybe that's what's so fun about comics right is that you get two new artists or a writer and artist and the same name that you've seen years and years and years. Mm-hmm. The cool thing is, is that it could be totally different than you ever thought it would be. And it's, it's such the a. Same... That's the thing I like with, especially like Superman or mm-hmm. Batman, when it's someone a, can come in and tell and something original, totally and different. different. And that maybe is... Morrison does that, and it ends up kind of being like the you know the ultimate Superman story for a lot of people, and which think, is which is awesome. I think that maybe is why people should. I guess read comics is that if you can change something that's been going on for years and mm-hmm. make an impact by just doing something slightly different, have you not changed the world then and there? And for us comic book lovers, I think we know they have. Because like Doom Patrol, anybody goes into you know Nightwing, and even like the most littlest books. You can make such an impact in it. I think mm. that's pretty impressive. I agree. Yeah, it's 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 a love letter to Superman. A lot of it. Morrison grew up reading Silver Age, so it's a lot of like the love Silver letters Age? to fifties and sixties Superman and different things that he liked from that era. Um, yeah, but it, I I love this love book. This is one of those comments. that I've read so many times. I don't think I'll ever get sick of reading it. Yeah, there, I like All Star. So, all right, all right, Grant Morrison. You know, I think uh, some people love him, some people hate him. I just love. I think it's for me. I them, love the I fact that he's so diverse and that you can love him and hate him at the same time. Yeah. I just love that they're gonna go for it. You know, that's they're always, always going to go. And so if a book comes out, I'm like, I know it's going to be interesting. Regardless <laughs> of whether it's great or not. I agree. And then if can't he- put a price on that. <laughs> That yeah, is, 499. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> my, my last <laughs> my last little anecdote about Grant Morrison is in that Kevin Smith interview Morrison talks about how there's like method actors, right, that like really get into in um he's they talked about like early on trying to sort of tackle method writing and how that would even work and this he's like this was way mm. before I got into any of the drugs or anything like that and it was sort of like how to sort of push your brain into a different spot when I was writing Arkham Asylum, anytime I would try to write scenes for the Joker, I would sleep deprive myself and I would stay up for yeah. sometimes two days at a time before I would start writing to the point of exhaustion and then almost like insanity. And it was like, how do you, it, it like, I, would, I just want to see if you could method write, if that's even a thing you could do. It's like, that's, Turns out, that's yes, this person's, yeah. probably that's Grant Morrison's brain. It's always like, how can I try to do something else, something different? And- Kudos. And that's how you that's get great. Joker cross-dressing in Arkham Asylum. <laughs> yeah. You stay up for two uh, yeah. two days straight. So, okay. Weekly picks. Mary? He's amazing. Poor Things. Poor Things. Yes. Emma Stone. We love this movie. Yeah. I co-signed this. It's like, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's like um, a Frankenstein's monster <laughs> trying to figure out her place in the world and how to, like, she's, like, growing up. Let me just tell you. It's a coming of age I know you haven't in the weirdest seen it. way. It's just a remake of a movie called Frankenhooker. There, there you go. go. Yeah. It's is a coming it, of age story. Well done. Very, yeah, it is. Very, very well done. directed. Very well cast. Oh yes. And All the performances a very in this. Tasteful Frankenhooker. 
Oh yeah, I, yeah, very very finger. It's tasteful it be while like, being naughty. It would at the be same like time. if Troma did poor things. Mm. That's the. This is the Academy Award version. Yeah, yes. this movie's fantastic. It it's it deserves good. all the praise that it's getting. Yeah. It's very very it's good. It's really good. Aaron. Um, shit. I would have to say, because I didn't want to take Kylie's, but I'm going to have to say True Detectives, the latest season, and then add Reacher on there because it's stupid fun. Okay. We're going to fix that then. <laughs> Yours is going to be a Reacher. All right. I'll take it. Um, and I will add then to Kylie's Reacher is super fun. <laughs> I will take both then. Um, Reacher is one of those stupid fun shows where there's nothing um, particularly, I it, guess. It is just fun. It's sure. Yeah. Well, it, it, and, it, don't, and if you've seen the the Tom Cruise Reacher oh, movies, fuck, nah, don't yeah, yeah, yeah. don't never worry. seen it. Yeah, oh, who's Tom Cruise? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's that guy? So Jack the Reacher <laughs> is there is a lot of um, characters in it. I think that do so well. Uh, I believe it's I can't remember her name Neely. Is that her? Uh, his kind of like sidekick and the first season oh, was yeah, a lot of fun awesome. and then they pulled in some of the first season people in and it's still badass they're based on a bunch of books so yeah okay. anyways it's like just a really big guy but this and guy i don't know if you watched did you guys watch titans yeah so it's the guy who plays hawk oh from hawk and dove okay big, big yeah. motherfucker oh and like okay. he's, he's come out now saying like i would like to play batman you're like you could be Batman. You couldn't be Bruce Wayne. Like he because is. Because people would be like, you're, you're Batman. Yeah, because yeah, he's so big. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. But it's like. Basi- but it, it's fun. It's, it's fun. It's and stupid just, fun. Like yeah. basically he's like, he just kills people. And he has, he, I don't know if but he's. But they're like detectives. They're like army detectives basically. Okay. Yeah, it, but it was the, the fact that he's in front of this little kid and he's eaten and, and he's like, well, we need to go kill that guy. And she pauses, and then she's in this traumatic event. She goes, well, can we at least eat a candy bar before we kill this guy? And he's so, like, he doesn't know what to do in that situation. It is just stupid fun. If you have okay. a chance, it's on Amazon Prime. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. There, you it's just worth, enjoy. It's worth watching. Okay. All right, it's, it's Kylie? Really time. I'm, so, like, what Aaron was going to say. Things, is, Jet, Reacher, yeah, poor, True Detective. Poor Things, amazing. <laughs> but True Detective Season 4, I had only watched the first season uh, because I'd heard so much about it. It's fun. Um, Woody Harrelson, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, my God, yeah. Just heard Woody amazing Harrelson. things yeah. about it. And we sat and watched it. And it was good. Don't get me wrong. It was good. But I think it was one of those overhyped things for me. By the mm-hmm. time it was over, it was like... I was expecting so much more. Yeah. So True Detective uh, Season 4 comes out. Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster's in it. Um, there's the, the person who's showrunning it and directing a bunch of episodes is a huge Stephen King fan. Oh. And they came to her and said, hey, we we're, want we're to kind of rejuvenate True Detective. What would you do? And I don't know if you guys have watched True Detective. True Detective, but the first season really had this borderline supernatural thing going on to the point where at the the end of it you could interpret it on your multiple own. levels. Like you could like, well, it wasn't this or it was that, whatever. Dark. And she dark. said, "I would go back to season one and actually push that over and let's 
let's go there. Okay. Yeah. To the point where I'm reading, it's only two episodes in at this point, and people are like very divided. Like, this is amazing. And people are like, oh, they're going this route. And fuck fuck the show. Yeah. But it's amazing. It takes mm-hmm. place in Alaska when the sun has gone down. And 30 it's, days. It's basically like 30 days uh-huh. a night. They filmed it in Iceland. Uh, I guess it's cold, because dude. they're they're really going for Alaskan culture, mm-hmm. and they went to Alaska to kind of do their thing, and they're like, yeah, they're very touchy with their culture in Alaska, and they're like, okay, let's get so a they feel for film stuff. They could, but it, they would have had a lot of pushback, <clears throat> basically, and they wanted to really kind of give them justice but they're like you know what we don't want to piss them off let's go somewhere else and do this and i'm hearing a lot of great stuff from people like yes they're they're doing this right they're doing it because you're watching this and like you're you feel cold watching this show like, oh it is. and i'm like okay i got i have to google this to see if they filmed this on the studio no they went to iceland and oh, filmed cool. this fucking thing it oh, looks yeah. cold and it's awesome so- and it does connect to season one um, there, one of the characters is Matthew McConaughey's father. It's um, pretty interesting. But Mary, just so you know, what was really interesting is this got a feel of Hannibal. That kind of cinematography. I don't the think way she's seen Hannibal. Oh, I thought she was a Hannibal person. No, she should be. She, oh, she, I think mother. she very much should be. But yeah. Well, never mind. No, True, True Detective season four. It is. It's, it's very like I said, well done. Only two episodes in, but. So Holy good. crap, well done. And really creepy. not Hannibal? Very creepy. Mary. And what's yours, Mr. Um, I co-signed Poor Things for sure, and then also Tekken 8 came out today. Oh, he was playing it when we got here? Was it uh, all systems? Um, it's, for, it, it? it's for sure Xbox and PlayStation, for sure. Okay. I don't I don't know if it's on the Switch. I doubt that. Yeah, I mean, if it's Xbox and PlayStation, it Ma- should be yeah, at that point. Maybe. Like, um, I like, got it on the PS5. I love it. Uh-huh. I, I, Tekken is a very nostalgic game franchise okay. for me that I've been around with forever. Is that um, why is that more than Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat and, yeah. and Street Fighter for you? Because the thing, I think, I think sometimes I gravitate more towards the the need. Like I feel like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat were the more popular ones, especially when you know when I was. Oh, a you kid were going for the underdog. Maybe, but I also I think like. Tekken very early on did a thing that all the fighting games are doing now, but they did it first, and I still think do it better. Where it's like Tekken really does the t- puts the time into where all the characters are so different, their movements are so different, their style. You know what I mean? Like you can't. There's no like blanket. Oh, play to you can play. There's certain characters like you kind of find the ones that you like the way they, they flow yeah. there's certain characters you just can't use you're like I just can't use this yeah. character like, yeah. for, for whatever okay. reason like I just don't get like and the ones like you spend the time with you learn the combos like but they really do all play so differently from each other and I love that well and we walked in and you were playing this mm-hmm. but it, it seemed like there was it was more of a story and, and I was playing the story mode when uh, I, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and like I'm not used to that with fighting games yeah. like maybe Injustice I played Injustice sure. there's a bit of a story thing yeah. But like I'm used to Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter where it's Mortal like Kombat. you choose a fighter and you're fighting. Right. And we walked and in this here definitely and like has there that was too. a story going on. Oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, this looks different for me. Yeah, and so the game just came out today. I'm still very early on in it, but it's 
all the best things that make Tekken right. badass. So nice. it's cool that it's like a, and it's been a lot. Tekken Seven was. What's the price on it? What's it was the, like seventy bucks. Okay. It's so it's, it's, that's a full that's, fucking. Well, game that, that's then. the base it did. There, there's also like the deluxe of one course. that's like a hundred bucks that already has the DLC yeah. stuff <laughs> on it. Or whatever. <laughs> but, it's already. But got Tekken everything. Seven was like 2015, so it's not. So it's been a while. Nine years, yeah. Okay. So it, it's oh, been a while. Well, I think there was like a Tekken tag game that you know, there was some game in the but like as far as like in the series goes it's been uh, it's been a red hot okay. minute so right. yeah very much enjoyed that so. nice okay that, that, oh, wait, it, was, it was one of those shocking things walking in like yeah. Tyler Tyler's playing has a game. fucking controller in his hand I show up for Tekken man <laughs> I show who pulled did I pull Grant Morrison I don't even remember. Uh, you know what? I might have that info. Why, way, why we don't got, you we, shake the bucket up while we... We got to uh, pull the next one. I think he did. I think he did. I yeah. think I did, I too. think you... I want to say you pulled Frank Miller. I, mean, I want to say Tyler did. I'm I pulled, say I thought Tyler. I pulled Grant Morrison, I thought. Because I, I pulled it. And I, was I like, picked Frank Miller. So I pulled Grant Morrison. Okay, so it is Mary's turn. Mary! What's the next creator focus? Come on, girl. Give us something good. For God's sake. Something good. I don't know who this is. No, Christopher more. Priest. Oh, Christopher Priest. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's that takes me back to For like sure. the nineties. I like Marvel how Knights, Black Panther. <laughs> yeah. Everybody pauses. Wow. Yeah. I like Christopher. I love Christopher Priest. And it's yeah. kind of a bummer. We're heading to the end, and that's who we're pulling. But yeah, whatever. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Damn. I'm sorry. Damn. <laughs> like, give the man his due. I, I think I'm more bummed out that the. Thing. We're good. Christmas Christmas. 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 Okay. Wow, it's all ruined now. Until huh? next time, I'm Tyler. I'm Mary. I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. Go fuck yourself, except for Grant Morrison. Whoa. Whoa. What? What? It's okay. <laughs>